On a recent article from BallerAlert.com, the following headline reads, Opening week for Queen and Slim is a $16 million box office smash. So now we need to dive into why was this movie so successful for the culture and then tackle some of the things that happened within the movie that a lot of people are questioning. I'm DJ Motri with the Black Equity Network and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. If you haven't heard about Queen of Slim by now, I really don't know what to tell you. Queen and Slim has been ingrained into the culture now for the last week and a half. And so I want to read some of the headlines that have come out about Queen and Slim and give you a little bit of backdrop of what is going on here and why this is culturally relevant uh, for black equity and really for all black podcasts. I would like to see all black podcasts out there dissect this movie in their own way, because there's a lot of things that this movie is and is not doing that we need to discuss. So before we do that, for those who don't even know what Queen of Slim is, or maybe someone picks this episode up three years from now, I want to give some type of a backdrop. Okay, so here are some of the headlines that are currently reading as we Um, dissect and analyze the black equity of Queen and Slim. So BuzzFeed has the following uh, headline. This is how Lauryn Hill ended up on the Queen and Slim soundtrack. The Guardian, make films where black characters don't die. Queen and Slim sparks debate over trauma. Essence, Daniel Kaluuya opens up about his own run-ins with police officers. It's been very consistent. New York Times, the thrilling shock of Queen and Slim. The Griot, Queen and Slim, four things we could all learn about critiquing black art. The WRTV in Indianapolis, Coach K buys out theater for free viewing of Queen and Slim. The Muse, Queen and Slim's beautiful portrayal. Uh, Essence, Queen and Slim is the black love story that we always needed. Um, Variety, Thanksgiving box office, how knives out Queen and Slim Thrive despite Frozen 2 slump. Also, it says here that Queen and Slim had a box office of $16 million uh, on its holiday debut from Forbes.com and BallerAlert.com. 
And so that is what the current headlines are. So if you're not familiar, we got to also dive into what, who the hell is in Queen and Slim? What is the premise of this movie? Why does it matter? Who, why is everybody talking about it? Just in case you haven't gone, because a lot of people don't go to movie theaters. They wait till everything comes on HBO or comes on TV. And so for them, they may be listening to this episode and they may be wondering, what is the big deal? So it says here, the the description of the movie is Slim and Queen's first date takes an unexpected turn when a policeman pulls them over for a minor traffic violation. When the situation escalates, Slim takes the officer's gun and shoots him in self-defense. Now labeled cop killers in the media, Slim and Queen feel they have no choice but to go on the run and evade the law. When a video of the incident goes viral, the unwitting outlaws soon become a symbol of trauma, terror, grief, and pain for people all across the country. This is directed by Melina Mazukis and screenplay by Lena Waith, production company E1 Entertainment. Producers include Lena Waith, Melina Mazukis, James Frey, Michelle uh, Newsom, and Andrew Cole. Now, let's dive into some of these names here. We have Lena Waif. Lena Waif is an American screenwriter, producer, and actress. She starred in Netflix's comedy drama series, Master of None. She became the first black woman to win the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series in 2017 for writing the show's Thanksgiving episode, which was loosely based on her personal experience of coming out to her mother. Uh, she also is the creator of 2018 Showtime drama series The Shy and appeared in 2018 adventure film Ready Player One. Uh, the director of Queen and Slim is Molina Mazukas. And to learn more about her, we dive into understanding that she's an American music video, film, commercial, and television director. She's a two-time Grammy Award winner and four-time M- MTV Video Music Awards winner for her We Found Love and Formation Music Videos, respectively. She was honored with the Franklin J. Schaffner Alumni Medal by the American Film Institute in 2019. Now, this movie stars... Uh, a Academy nominated uh, actor. And I think that's important for us to look at as well. It stars Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is a British actor and writer who goes not, who was nominated for the Academy Award, Golden Globe Award, Screen Actors Guild Award, and the BAFTA Award for Best Actor for his leading role as Chris Washington in the 2017 horror film Get Out. In 2018, he won the BAFTA Rising Star Award uh, for his... Uh, portrayal of Get Out, and he is once again a British actor. He's been active since 2006 to present day. He was also a co-star in the movie Black Panther. So that gives us a little bit about our our star uh, person in the movie, and then a newcomer to the sh- to the movie scene is Jodie Turner Smith. It says here that Jodie Turner Smith is a British model and actress known for Queen and Slim, Night Flyers, and The Last Ship, and she's relatively unknown prior to taking on this role. Now we have our backdrop of Queen and Slim. We have all the pieces uh, that are moving around the chessboard here. So Lena Waif has been going around and having her conversations about this film, along with uh, everybody that I just named. Everybody has been going around and promoting this movie and talking about the cultural relevance 
of this movie and the things that they uh, currently have experienced making the movie and some of the things that inspired the movie. As I read to you earlier, this is about a movie where uh, two people are on their first date and they are trying to, you know, get to know each other, figure out if they want to continue getting to know each other. They get pulled over by a cop and all hell breaks loose. So what I want to study for the rest of this episode is why has this taken uh, the culture by storm? Uh, This is going to be a cultural equity episode where we look at the equity of culture and why it's so important to understand how our culture is influenced. So that is our goal for this episode. And I look forward uh, to having you listen in. So what were my impressions of Queen and Slim? How did I feel about the story? How did I feel about the flow of everything? Huh? Great questions. Great questions. Because I know a lot of people are wondering, well, from the black equity standpoint, how do I feel? You know, you have a situation here where you have a black writer or a black director. You have two black British actors uh, and actresses. And really, there would be nothing to complain about. I mean, everything's black. It's all black. You know, Lena Waithe is going around saying that she took no notes from any uh, white producers and that she wanted it to be told from the story or from the framework of, of, of the black experience. And she only took notes uh, from those who are from our culture. That's what she says. So how do you interpret that? How do you move forward with that? Well, first, let's just look at the movie. Before we get into some of the things that were impacting outside of the movie, let's just look at the movie itself. Was it a good movie, right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, where am I ranking the movie, right? I think it's a it's a solid seven and a half eight movie. I mean, it's not, you know, I've seen this take that this is wow, this is the love story that we've always wanted, and wow, this is just so beautiful. I, I can't go that far. <laughs> I think I think we might be jumping the gun on that. Was it a good love story? Hmm. I don't know. I I see how they try to. How to, how they try to weave in this being a love story. I, I get that because it starts off with a date and it ends with two people in each other's arms. I didn't really see this as a, a uh, man and woman love story. I saw this as a um, fall in love with the culture love story. And fall in love with a person that's willing willing to ride or die with you. But it wasn't necessarily like heartstrings and and, and um, that type of a love. It was a survival love. It was, if I'm in the middle of this war with you, there's no one else I'd rather be with because uh, it was destined for this to happen. And so on this episode, I probably will have some type of spoilers. I try to wait as long as I possibly could. But it's kind of hard to really give a full review without spoiling anything. So if you haven't seen the movie yet or you don't want to hear any spoilers, you probably should stop now and come back. So the movie is uh, it's a good it's a good movie. Like I said, seven and a half, eight. I can rock with it. Uh, If it comes on TV again, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. See what I missed. 
but I did. I went to the uh, early screening and I checked it out and I found it to be a good, solid movie. It's a movie where you have these two people that are complete strangers. They're meeting for the first time on a date. The movie, uh, the date is going okay. You know, there's nothing. uh, They don't necessarily hate each other. They don't necessarily think this is love. They're just, they may not be all the way in frequency yet, right? And so he's about to drive her home. And the police pulls them over. And things escalate there. Now, there's some things in these descriptions that aren't quite true. Because the way the description is is, well, you know, these two go on a run because they realize that, um, you know, the world is watching them. No, they they went on the run, and that's why the world was watching them. (laughs) It's it's the other way around. They didn't, nobody was looking for them until they ran, because they didn't, they, they, something happened, they ran, and then as things escalated by the next day, you know, people were looking, well, who did this? What happened? And then it became a story. So to say that they ran because people were looking for them is not entirely true. I think they were anticipating that that was going to happen. So they they manifested that. They manifested that they would become these people because they ran and, 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 and try to duck and look for cover. And because of how they treated it, the story became bigger than life. And so you start seeing things going viral as they make some stops here and there. They realize that their story has gone viral and they continue to run. And so by doing that, what I really enjoyed about it was, hey, let's go down to New Orleans. I like that part of, you know, let's go down to New Orleans because it it, it shows you uh, some of the safe cities uh, that you may be able to blend in when you're part of the, the black experience. And New Orleans could be that safe haven. Now, she has an uncle there, uh, the woman that's uh, Jody that's, that's playing queen. She has an uncle there. That's why she decides to go down there. And while she go, while they're traveling, they learn about each other. They learn about what they do and they don't like about each other. Uh, really, to me, the main character of the story is us. I feel like the main character of this story is our culture and how how we interpret ourselves. Here's what I mean. So the moment that this story goes viral and they find out about it, they learn about it through people that are younger. A lot of these younger kids were hearing about the story. It had went viral. It's on their cell phones. And a lot of these kids are rooting for them. So why would that be, right? Why would kids be rooting for these two people who shot a cop out of self-defense? The climate of where we are now in our in our country is in a place where a lot of families have brought up their kids to be very weary of cops just because of the things that have happened uh, recently. Uh, people quote Trayvon Martin, but technically George Zimmerman is not a cop. But we we tend to throw that story in there. Uh, we throw in a lot of these different stories. Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, Mike Brown, rest in peace to all of them. Sandra Bland, 
we throw all these stories in because they are directly linked to um, police brutality or police having their hands in something of some sort. And so these kids in this movie look up to Queen and Slim because finally somebody took a stand. That's how they look at it. But Queen and Slim, when they were actually going through the process of defending themselves, they weren't taking any type of stand. They weren't necessarily the new Black Panthers. And that's where a lot of people start going, you know, when they start talking to them. We started, what happened is the culture started seeing Queen and Slim as heroes. And all Queen and Slim was trying to do was stay alive. They weren't necessarily trying to make any type of statement. I think if that would have been a black cop, they might have done the same thing. I don't think the black cop would have treated them the way that they were treated, but you never know. You know, something that Queen says uh, in earlier part of the movie is just because somebody's black doesn't necessarily mean that they're on your side. And, you know, they they paint her in the movie as a very smart, intelligent, but very uh, braceful uh, individual. And she's she's ready to fight. And they, they, they paint Slim as a guy who's not much of a fighter. He's really, you know, you know, go with the flow type of guy. And so what you notice is as they're on this road trip together on the run, they both start morphing into who we then see at the end of the movie as Queen and Slim. The people at the end of the movie are not the same people at the beginning of the movie. It's really a, a story of transformation of two people who uh, really were just regular people who took a stand by you know having self-defense, not because of some type of cultural stand, but just because of self-defense. They took a stand, they protected themselves, they went on the run, they had this idea to flee the country, and the only way they can do that was with the help of other people. And so that's where things get a little tricky, because the reviews out there are, wait a second, why is it that the help that they receive is from a white family? So some of the cultural critique is, wait, 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 wait. Queen and Slim, they're in Ohio. They make a run for it to New Orleans to see Queen's uh, uncle. Uh, while they're there, they have to flee a little bit earlier than they thought they would. I'm trying not to spoil it all for you so you can, you can get a little bit of something if you go see the movie. They flee New Orleans with a new car that their uncle provides for them. And they end up having to go, um, I believe it's down to Savannah or Macon, or somewhere in Georgia of some sort, because Queen's uh, uncle has a friend there that was uh, from the army. The friend is a white guy, okay? The friend is a white guy, and uh, his white wife is a little leery about having this black family, or really, I don't know if it's because they're black, or it's because, hey, she's been looking at the news, and these people are on the news, and she doesn't want that in her home. And so what she mentions there while they're there is how much um, their bounty is. I believe it was 250000 apiece, I believe, uh, for them to be turned in. $250,000 apiece, um, I believe a lot. And so many people are critiquing that and saying, well, why is there a white family? But to me, it, I mean, it. 
it fits. I think if you, I think if you want to tell a good story, you have to have peaks and valleys. And if you just have her go to a whole bunch of black people, you know, along along the journey, it doesn't create arcs. It doesn't create storylines. See, I think you end up take you end up taking Queen of Slim into a, a white family's home because more than likely that white family is going to be in a white neighborhood. And if the if they're in a white neighborhood and people see Queen and Slim, it's going to raise high alerts and then they're going to call the police. And guess what? That's what happens. That makes sense for the story. If Queen and Slim ended up going to Savannah or another you know part of the country away from New Orleans and they ended up um, if they if they ended up in a black neighborhood, then the 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 possibility of them getting caught lessens because at this point it seems like many people from the culture are supporting them so there has to be an element of danger and what better way to put a element of danger than to put queen and slim in the middle of a white neighborhood in broad daylight <laughs> and have them ha- try to stay in savannah for a few days or whatever city that that they were in I know it was Georgia of some sort or northern Florida of some sort. And it's a it's a white neighborhood. People are looking through their blinds. They're seeing them. They're like, wait a second. These two people stand out. And so many people criticize that part. But to me, I think it's great writing. I'm OK with it. I'm OK with, you know, hey, you know, I have this buddy of mine from the army. He'll look out for you. And he did. He looked out for them. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. Now, here's where it gets tricky. They make a run for it. And by the by the grace of of people from our culture, they escape and they then head down to I guess they're going down to Miami. They're going down somewhere in Florida to try to get onto an airplane so they can go to Cuba. Okay, that's that's where that's where they're trying to head. So here's where now people are like, wait a second. This don't add up. You know, you mean to tell me that Queen of Slim stopped on the side of the road and got on a white horse and was riding around a white horse? And why the horse had to be white? Out of all the horses that were there, all these brown and black horses, why is the horse white? You know, it couldn't have been any other horse. I, I Look, I can't. I I don't know what that meant. I don't know why they chose the white horse. I I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Could it could it have meant something? Maybe. I don't know. You would have to ask the creators of the show. Am I bothered by a black man riding a white horse? I'm just not I'm not I'm not digging that deep into it. But this is where it gets a little tricky. When they were at uh, Savannah or wherever house they were with a white family. That guy gave them a person down in Florida that they can contact in order to get their plane. And supposedly they contacted that person and they were headed there. And before I get to that, they stopped, their car stopped working and they had to go get their car fixed. Okay. Their, their car had to get fixed and uh, the mechanic told his son, hey, go walk with them while I get this car fixed. And this kid looks up to them, okay? He he just cherishes everything Queen and Slim. They've been on the TV the last few days, 
And he wants to he wants to be immortal one day, too. And he said the only way he can be immortal is to die. And so there was some type of protest after Queen of Slim leave that place. There was some type of protest. And that same kid finds a gun and he shoots a police officer at the same time that there's they're doing a split screen where Queen and Slim are making love at a cemetery. I know it sounds crazy. I know it's all crazy. So what are my thoughts on this? What does it make sense that these two things are happening at the same time? Look, I, <laughs> here's what I thought. Now, you can take it however you want to. I thought. What was really happening in the scene where Queen and Slim are making love at the same time there's a protest and a, a kid shoots a cop. Uh, and we find out, I believe later on, that he was killed. I believe that Queen and Slim were making love. And I believe that when they made love, they made a baby. That's what I believe. I have no proof of it. There's nothing that says that she was pregnant. I have no way of knowing that this is true. But I think what was happening was life and death. I think at the same time Queen and, Queen and Slim were um, making a baby, I, think, I feel like someone else's baby was, was about to die. And that includes the police officer. See, what you don't understand is the police officer is someone's child too. A police officer was killed. A young man was killed. And there was a lot of riots going on within the country. At least that's how it was written. It was written that people from all over the country were rioting uh, and protesting about this Queen and Slim situation. They became heroes to the point where the community began to stand up. So Queen and Slim, they're on their way and they hear about this and they're just like, wow, we just heard about this guy. They get down to southern part of Florida and they they're they're waiting for the person that uh the the white guy told them about a guy comes to the door and he uh he appears to be there to help them and what we find out is he is going to betray them and a lot of people were up in arms because how can a black guy betray them? But the white family didn't. But what you got to pay attention to is the white lady <laughs> wanted to betray them because that's five hundred thousand dollars. She said, hey, that could pay off our, our mortgage. Five hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money to a lot of people. And a lot of people don't care about color or anything like that. They just want the money. They just want the money. And a lot of your Twitter Friends and your Instagram friends that say it's all about the money. Those are the same people at the end of the movie who are going to betray Queen and Slim. They're going to betray you. If somebody if if somebody's always telling you it's all about the money and they're going to do whatever it takes for for the money. That means when things get tough and you're in a jam, they're going to turn on you. And it doesn't matter if they like you or they don't like you, they can love you. But if it means, you know, you getting 500000 or you getting away free and them getting 500000 they're going to take that 500000 And yes, he betrays them. So I'm giving you all that to, under, to, to paint a scene here. The reason why this movie resonated with a lot of people is because they saw themselves in Queen and Slim. 
because you see two regular people. There's nothing too fancy about either one. Um, both of them uh, just come off as regular people. There's no, you know, it's not like a Holly Berry, <laughs> Morris Chestnut type thing where, you know, these these two people are just, you know, uh, bigger than life and everybody's seeing them as sex symbols. And maybe they do. But these are just regular looking people and they go on a journey. And they are on a journey towards freedom. And that freedom gets snatched from them at the last second. They were literally five seconds away from freedom. And it was snatched away from them. And many people feel like it's very traumatic the way it ends. Because the way it ends is really a precursor or it was actually foreshadowed in the movie. Earlier in the movie, when they were at that white people's house and the cops came to try to find them, they hid. And after they hid, they snuck out and a, and a, and a black police officer helped them out. And when he came back to go talk to his cop friends and they said, what was that noise back there? He said, oh, it was nothing. It was just two deers in the bushes that I helped get free. Now, if you remember on a movie called Get Out, there were uh, deers there too. And the deers had, had been killed or been ran over. And what happens at the end of the movie is we are so quick in our culture to shoot humans as if they're just animals on the side of the street. And it was uh, it was a painful ending. But I think it's a much needed one. I think what Queen and Slim reminds us of is that we have to stay on high alert. We have to pay attention to our surroundings and we have to know who is our friend and who is our foe. Not everybody who is smiling in your face and giving you a ride is really your friend. And unfortunately, Queen and Slim had to trust certain people because what else were they supposed to do? <laughs> They're going off the words of everyone else. And so far, everything was working out just fine. But there's all it takes is one person to betray you for things to alter in a totally different way. I think Queen and Slim is a masterful movie. Does, just because it's a masterful movie doesn't mean it gets a 10 out of 10. But I think it is a masterful movie for what, it, what it's talking about. Could there have been more backstories? Could there have been better writing? Could there have been more details? Yes. But I think it's a masterful movie because it reminds us that once you turn off the TV, you stop looking at movies, you take away from all the brainwashing, many of us are just on the run. And we've been duped into a false sense of security. We all live in our cities. We all live in our towns. And we're, we're instead of us running anymore, we're all staying put in our individual cities.
And if something bad happens at any given time, you could be queen and slim. You're going to have to figure out a way to get to where you want to go. And it may be smart to start thinking now that if you had to leave this country, who would you contact? Who would you call without leaving any trails? It may be nice to have an escape plan beforehand. Nobody can anticipate this happening. But it may be smart to start thinking now, how are you going to maneuver in this matrix? Because the thing Queen of Slim didn't have is they didn't have any preparation. This was all on the fly. But now that we've seen what they went through, what is your course of action? What is your plan? If everything went to the shits, how would you leave? What would be your plan? Because a lot of people are saying, well, they could have did this and they could have did that. But you got to remember, they're thinking at a million miles a minute. They are on the run. They don't have the luxury of. They don't have the luxury of time to think. Or that space to think. And so they have to kind of go with the flow and take what comes at them. But I'll tell you this. I think where their biggest mistake was. Is that they wanted to leave the country. I think sometimes the best thing to do is to hide in plain sight. At least at first, hide in plain sight and you'll get there eventually. But if you're rushing to get out the country, they know that. They know that. And so I think if you can figure out a way to stay put and hide out, you have a better chance. But I'm open to hearing everybody else's review of Queen and Slim. I tried my best to not give away everything. I want to hear your thoughts. What were your thoughts on Queen and Slim? Did you go see the movie? Did you not go see the movie? What would you rank it? I got it at a seven and a half to an eight. It's a it's a solid movie. It's one of those movies that you'll remember forever. It has a crazy ending. Um, and it has a it has a great beginning, a great ending, and a decent middle. The middle, you got to remember, they're on the run. They're in a car. And so a lot of it is dialogue of them getting to know one another and them going through some different experiences as they get to know one another. And that... To me, it's okay. It's okay to have those uh, just calm moments. A lot of people need action, action, action. This is not a this is not an action movie, but there are faster parts than others. Your first fifteen minutes, your last fifteen minutes, and then maybe fifteen minutes in the middle. Those are your faster parts. But then there's a lot of slowdown. And just getting to know each other and understanding each other. Really, they say that they were on their first date, but really the whole, this whole ride is the first date. And that's the way you got to look at this. I know we call it Queen and Slim, but really this movie is the first date. It's all one long ass first date. And the ending is one that you won't want to miss. 
I think we did a wonderful job for the culture. And I think this is going to open up the doors for more writers and creators from our culture to be able to tell their stories uninterrupted. And one thing that uh, Lena Waif was saying in some of her interviews was um, it's okay to just write it. You don't have to write it, produce it and be in it uh, and, and direct it. It's like, you know, she's noticed that a lot of people want you know, their names on everything. And she says, sometimes you got to give it to somebody who's better at something for a particular project than you. And that's the piece of wisdom that I want us to walk away with. One thing that we pride ourselves here at Black Equity Network, Black Equity Podcast, is if somebody's better at something than us, why am I going to train myself <laughs> to try to be the the ins and outs of everything when there's people out here that are better at certain things than, than I am? Whether it be commercial real estate, whether it be understanding the Jamaican uh, stock exchange, whether it be understanding, you know, uh, the decor industry, candles, all these great interviews that we're having, these people are better at these things than I will ever be. And that's okay. I'll just invest in them all because they can do things that maybe I'm not the, I'm not the strongest at. But what I am strong at is bringing everybody together. Because the, the, if we come together, we can't be beaten. We can't be stopped. And if Queen and Slim just had one more connection, if they just had one more strategic partner, they'll still be alive. Thank you for listening to the Black Equity Podcast. Thank you for being a longtime listener. And thank you for all the people that have uh, been sending us messages saying that this is one of their favorite podcasts of 2019. We're looking forward to entering into a new decade. We're looking forward to everybody uh, from our network thriving and having sustainable businesses and wealthy businesses and uh, us putting our brains together to figure out how do we take everything to the next level. So if you're interested in any way uh, partnering with us and working with us, send us a message over on Instagram at Black Equity Network. You can also become a monthly supporter. Uh, you can go on our uh, link on Instagram at Black Equity Network and become a monthly supporter. And if you're interested in doing any type of sponsorships, and working with us, send us an a email over at um, djm at djmmotri.com, uh, and I will uh, work with you to try to figure out how can we work together long-term. I'm not much of a short-term kind of guy. I'm looking for long-term opportunities for us to help one another uh, take our brands to different levels, and I'm looking forward to 2020. If you're wanting to be a guest for 2020, now is the time to reach out. We are filling up fast. Um, the format may change a little bit as we may be bringing on some, some different uh, ideas and different people. So we'll look at that and uh, just keep your eyes and ears glued to the things that we are working on. And we look forward to hearing from you all. Thank you for listening to the Black Equity Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Queen of Slim review. I know there's other reviews that are, you know, they're they're dissecting, you know, white horses. They're going all the way in. And I just want to look at it from just a non-biased view. I think it's a good movie, y'all. I think it's a good movie. And I think you have the right people on the project. 
but there will be another movie and another movie. Everything doesn't rest on this one movie. It's just one movie. The same thing with Harriet. Y'all are getting too sucked into one movie at a time. You know, there's so many movies that are going to come out. Why are you letting one movie dictate your entire emotions? It's not that deep. Until next time, I'm DJ Moultrie, Black Equity Network. Thank you for listening to the Black Equity Podcast.